This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Can I give you my hot take? Say it. I have something that I think. Say what you want to say. You might want to think about. Say it like you want to say it. Coaches can be dicks. Roll that dice. Sooner or later, it'll turn out snake eyes. I didn't realize I was still talking in my sleep. Sooner or later, Coach Campbell, 1101, you know, Cellini. I didn't know Amanda Schwartz might be actually here around my house recording all this. Yeah, she's everywhere. Our director of social media. That's why she's great, man. At what she does, man. Like the FBI. Covering everything you say and do. Domino Cellini trying to cover it all on a Monday morning into the afternoon. We thank you for taking the time to listen. You can listen all the time. And it's on the house, courtesy of the fan app that is driven to you by Beaver Toyota of Coming Beaver Direct is the quickest and easiest way to shop for a car online. You've also got 680thefan.com. And you can follow along via the X platform as well at DT680, at Matt Lear, at Chris Domino, at Cellini, Nick, at 680 the Fan, And you can follow along on Facebook and Instagram as Still well. Still waiting on Bucks Beat. Bucks Beat is at the uh, podcast park, and that is brought to you by Associated Credit Union. Kevin Kisner, the Georgia golfer, the PGA professional, is Bucks Beat's subject this uh, upcoming week. So give that a listen yes, as sir, well. Ray. The X-Platform question of the day with Dan Campbell, loving to gamble. And like I said, he gambled twice yesterday, and he came up short. And a lot of people, myself included, say that cost him the game. Who's your favorite gambler? What's your favorite TV show song about a gambler, if you will? That's the X-Platform question of the day. And this isn't Monday morning quarterbacking, Domino. I said it all year. Go back to that Dallas game. I said sooner or later, if he keeps this up, it's going to cost him. And it did yesterday. Yeah, live by it, die by it. Um, he certainly went to the podium, and, and he was honest. He told his team. He, he ended up saying it could be twice as hard to get back. This might be a one and done. He doesn't believe so. He doesn't really believe that, but he also knows that that's the reality. And that's and, your uh, philosophy. There's no guarantee oh, you're going to be back, and that's why you have to maximize every opportunity. You know, it was a hell of a lot of fun until it wasn't. Now, you could certainly say, look, they rose up. That was a terrible that wasn't a bad few years. That was a terrible franchise. Terrible franchise. And now they're not. And it doesn't feel like they're going to be terrible again. But when when the apple is right there and somebody says, hey, man, I'm going to give you a bite. This is going to be. And you go, no, you know what? Put it over here. I'm going to do something else. And that's what he did. Three different times. One of them I disagree with more than the other two. So, we'll, again, we're not here to chop it up, break it down. If you saw it, you saw it. If you know, you know. When you are that aggressive and you decide that fourth down is second down, fourth down is first down, fourth down is third down, then you're going to pay a price because the other guy has got a plan as well. And their plan is to make sure that you don't accomplish what it is you're looking to do. I'll say this. The one thing that hit me yesterday afternoon before the games even started, I put it up on social media. I started to think about these games and I was really like I was really looking forward to it. And there were reasons why the coaching decisions. I thought the defense in the AFC game is going to be underrated. It turns out Todd Munkin is the guy who seems to be getting blasted in that game as much as anybody. But there were so many studs on the fields, two fields, two games in the NFL. And this is not a knock, and I'm hoping things are going to change. The Atlanta Falcons don't have a stud. Now, B. John Robinson could be. Brady Jarrett's certainly been a player. Studs to the left, studs to the right. Studs on the defensive line, studs on the offensive line. And here we are, stuck in the middle with the Atlanta Falcons. But you realize that, and by the way, when you don't have studs, your coaches have to be exceptional, and that's exactly what hasn't happened around here. It's the other component of that. Can you get by with good players to a point, but your coaches have to be that much better? We didn't get good coaching around here. We didn't have a chance to say, look at that defensive I don't know what the Bosa's do. I don't know what their off-season's like. But as I said, they just seem to be able to toss human beings in any direction they want. 
It's a rarity that you can take another human being and just go here. When they want to. When they want to. Because they can be lazy. I saw a couple of instances yesterday with Nick Bosa kind of standing around. Okay. When they decide to play, yeah, uh, they play hard. But I ain't there are got times they those. don't want to play. I ain't got one of those. I didn't have a quarterback who could actually pick up first downs with his legs. I didn't have guys who make ridiculously good catches. Guys who block and give a quarterback time. It was it was on display, and we can all sit here and say, oh, they had 10-win talent. When I start to look at teams like that, I'm not sure they had 10-win talent. They played in the crappiest division, and NFL games are close enough where you can be a 10-win team. The Atlanta Falcons didn't have 10-win talent. So right now, the Niners started Super Bowl 58 as two-and-a-half-point favorites. Tamino, you know, the line is already down to one. So heavy action, one would suppose, early on Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, because you know what he does? Like things that that nobody in the league has done this side of Tom Brady, and Mahomes is doing it younger. He's 28 years old going for number three. (laughs) He has a chance because Brady lost three. I don't know if it's if he wins five, loses one, is he better than Brady? Because he only lost one. He didn't win as many, but he only lost one. Kurt Warner, did you see what he put out? Kurt Warner left the field in three Super Bowls with his team winning. Never saw the football again. He's one and two. Kurt Warner's a Hall of Famer. The Patriots, and then he's quarterback in Arizona right. when they lose to the Steelers. I leave the field. I'm up. I never touch the football again. I'm one and two in Super Bowls. He wasn't it like saying it, oh, poor him. He's right about certain things, how you're perceived. And Brock Purdy, look, he could lay an egg two weeks from now. They might draw something up, and all of a sudden he can't get those first downs with his legs. But this idea that he is this and is that, it's ridiculous. Brock Purdy in the fourth quarter of the Green Bay victory. Brock Purdy in that third quarter alone yesterday. When the chips are down and he's behind the eight ball, he's produced in back-to-back weeks. 24-7, as we all know, was the score at halftime. January back-to-back weeks. Indeed. And this is Kyle Shanahan on what they discussed as they trailed 24-7 at halftime. It's only 17 points. Been a lot of football games where you're down 17 points or starting with the ball. There's plenty of time to come back, plenty of points to come back. But regardless of any of that stuff, we're not going out like this. We've got to be a lot more aggressive here in the second half. Peter King sat down with Brock Purdy at the end of that game. And he, he said it was really calm. It was really calm. Kyle Shanahan said, here's what we're going to do. Here are the plays. Here's he said how Fred we're Warner, the linebacker, yeah, had a couple spoke. of things to say. But for the most part, you're right. Kyle Shanahan was just drawing up the plays to start the second half. It's not like something out of the movies. Nobody shattered a chalkboard. Nobody kicked over a water cooler. You made the adjustments and you went out there and did what you had to do. Yeah, they didn't tell a guy to start fighting Southpaw. We've got to change this up. you got to trick them. Yeah, it didn't happen. They just were presented with an opportunity and then another opportunity and then another opportunity. I'll give you one. Do you think anybody realizes the Chiefs scored no points in the second half? No. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. They scored no points in the second half and they're going to the Super Bowl. And they it's, made it look it's easy. It's not even a story. They made it look easy on their opening two possessions and then right before halftime. And Steve Spagnuolo, who's 64 years old, we talked about him last week. He won't get a sniff. He had his head coaching gig. He's never been offered another. He had an interim label for a little bit. He's never been offered another head coaching job since he lost a job in 2011. Did you see the shirts they were wearing after the game? And Spags, we trust. Yeah. The that's, Kansas City defense. That's old, by the way. That was one that was worn years ago. Oh, when he was, funny. I don't know where the hell he was. Might have been with the Giants. Well, it, it made a comeback. Yeah, it certainly did. It certainly did. And he ends up maybe being the best coach of the weekend. The 64-year-old guy who didn't get a sniff. Nobody wanted to talk to him. Conversely, he was the guy everybody loved during the season, Dan Campbell. Twice he decides to pass on makeable field goals, 45 and 48 yards. Listen, there's no guarantee they would have made the field goal, but I'm telling you, when you're up 24 to 10 in the third quarter, you want to make it a three-score game. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And you woke up San Francisco. Yeah. That's all you did by going for it there. And I know the receiver should have caught the ball. I understand that, but he didn't. Well, that's the price you pay. Now, people can tell you, oh, it would have worked. Yeah, it would have, except it didn't. Because when a football hits the ground, they don't give you, oh, yeah, it was so close. It was such a good call. You don't get that. And and I joked, hashtag, for the love of God, kick the field goal and go up three scores. That should have been the most trending hashtag for the entire day. A little confusing, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a real thing. I don't even hashtag know where- field goal. Hashtag kick it. No, that's not, it wasn't emphatic enough. You need it for the love of God. 
kick the field goal and go up three scores. Is this all one hashtag? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know how hashtags work. Yeah, well, that's you have to have it all together. I did that. I did that. I know. I saw. I did that. But I just don't. Do you click on a hashtag? Does it do anything or no? It just lives by itself. I think it lives by itself. There okay. were people saying, well, you know, his approach got him there. Yeah, but that's like I, I said after the Dallas game when he kept going for two over and over again. Just because you split tens a couple of times and it works um, doesn't mean you should keep doing it because sooner or later um, you're being irresponsible. There's a fine line between being aggressive and reckless. He was reckless yesterday. To me, there's no way around it. The one good thing is he didn't go against form. That's the, again, you know, I don't like the word choke. When I see somebody go totally against their norm and form, then I go, the moment was too big. I don't think the moment was too big. No, that's just his approach. I think he made up his mind, though, as I like to say, driving to the stadium. Yeah, here's what he had to say afterwards. That just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and not letting them play long ball. You know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. And I wanted to get the upper hand back. And it's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. I get that. But... I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard because, you know, they didn't. we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Well, he talked about diapers. Uh, he told the guys we might not ever get back. He said at one point it could be twice as hard. If you just want to do math, it could be twice as hard to get back here again, and he's, he's probably right because you need a little bit of luck. Um, you better learn. The one field goal was the one to go up three scores. I just said, kick it. Kick it. Let them chase you. 17 points is an incredible. Now, I saw what happened in the other game. The other team was up 17 in the other game and still lost. But 17 with the time on the clock. Time is is on your side at that point if you make a three-score game and you didn't do it. Anyway, um, we'll talk more about that in the upcoming segment. Ross Tucker, who was uh, calling for Westwood, won the AFC championship game there. He was on the field and uh, saw it. He'll be joining us at 1125. In the meantime, what else is coming up? Hit those bongos, shall you? Shall we? Shall us? The headlines brought to you by Daco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally owned Daco Systems at DAYCOSystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. The Hawks are on the wrong end of a historic night. That story comes your way at 11.50. Now they weren't doing that. Chris Domino talked to Chris Sale at a rainy Braves Fest this weekend. Going to hear that conversation at noon. And history made as the national champions make the right decision. We go on campus at 12.20. Ross Tucker at 11.25. Also, when we come back, Raheem Morris has his offensive coordinator what does that mean for the next quarterback we offer some opinions as we stay with the nfl next it's domino and Cellini on a monday morning into the afternoon it's the fan 680 and 93.7 fm a lifetime of hard work children laughing in the kitchen family photos on a restaurant wall a legacy that lives on it all comes from the power of a conversation like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey, sandwich lovers. Today is your lucky day. There's a whole new way to roll for lunch or dinner delight with Nucky's Hoagies in the Roswell Corners Shopping Center. Now open. Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell is family owned and operated by the subsisters, Stacy and Shannon, whose love language is food and Nucky's Hoagies, their passion. When you bite into a Nucky's Hoagie, you'll taste the difference. The softest hoagie rolls ever, along with hunger-quenching sandwich combinations. Make Nucky's Hoagies in Roswell on Woodstock Road your new favorite spot for lunch or dinner. Chilini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Parts turn, man. Yeah, real quick. Parts turn. Real quick. And that's our ex-platform question of the day. What's your favorite song or movie about gambling? Dan Campbell gambled all year, and it finally came back to bite him. Yesterday, Ross Tucker for Westwood One called the AFC Championship game. He will be joining us in about eight minutes or so from now. I I don't want to do this because it's gambling, speaking of. uh, But, you know, I had the Lions. To win the Super Bowl. I had a nice number on them, too. And I didn't mind cash. I will say that. I did not mind cash that bet at any point. Because they would have had to win the Super Bowl as well. But 
I will say there was a moment I go, oh, this one might still be in play. And then what happened? Poof. Like can happen. Poof. It was gone. But both underdogs did cover yesterday. One obviously one in Kansas City. And then thanks to that late touchdown, the Lions did indeed cover. Can you read that? Um, I cannot. You can't read that? Uh, no. All right. Well, you should go get that checked. Here's what it says. NFL playoffs. How Lions lost to 49ers and Chiefs beat Ravens. So we're talking about how teams lost. Right? Headlines in... I'll get to you, and I'll give you credit in a second. But let me tell you about these two teams. It's Lamar and that bunch, and Todd Munkin, and then it's Dan Campbell being too aggressive. All right, before we talk to Ross Tucker, let's talk some Falcons. Punching it in from the goal line. This is the drive into the red zone. Brought to you by Realtree, your number one source for camouflage and the great outdoors. Realtree, family, friends, and the outdoors at Realtree.com. So we know Raheem Morris is the head coach of the Falcons. And we'll hear him talking about the first go-around when he interviewed for that job momentarily. But nothing is official yet, but it looks like Zach Robinson will become the new offensive coordinator, getting a three-year deal. He was the pass game coordinator with the Rams, so obviously those two were together. He's 37 years old. He was a grader for a while for pro football focus. I know how much you love fine folks over at Pro Football Focus. It's a crapshoot. I'm, I'm sure they get something close to right. You throw enough numbers out. I don't know if they're particularly good at anything. I saw win probabilities for both of these games yesterday. You know what happened? Both teams that were actually in a really good position lost. What's win probability? It's either zero or 100. Everything in between is just is, is, is boogeyman. There's a lot of variables. Yes, and I guess there were a lot of variables as to why a lot of people wanted Zach Robinson. I guess he talked to the Bears, the Patriots, and the Saints, and then the Steelers wanted to get in front of him, the Raiders, as well in person. And then once Raheem Morris got this job, it was Robinson's job to run this Falcons offense. Now, he likes to run an 11 personnel, and that would mean one running back, one tight end, and three wide receivers, something Arthur Smith ran an NFL low 16.8% of the time. That's not fantasy football. uh, On the surface, it looks like that's going to be one of those big changes now. Yeah, but again, he better actually look at the parts and pieces, and he better... Did anybody call him a a boy genius? Is that sort of what we're talking about? I have not seen that Isn't that sort of the idea when eight teams want to talk to you? You must be looked at as the wonder kid. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're the one. You're the hot commodity. And it might be in part why Raheem Morris got the job. It really could be. It might have been, oh, no, 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 that guy, he's coming with me, and and lo and behold, he did. And Chuck and Chernoff later on this afternoon, 50 years combined of experience here in the city of Atlanta. We'll talk to somebody from Pro Football Focus about how that could affect the coaching style of Zach Robinson. Then they'll grade everybody player by player in those conference championship games yesterday. So he has a style is what you're telling me. Maybe. We'll find out with Chuck and Chernoff a little bit later does on as include, they take you home. Does it include making sure that B. John Robinson looks like he might be more weeks than not as good as anybody on the um, field? Perhaps. Eventually, when he puts this staff together, the Falcons will have that press conference. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to go out there and talk to them once again. I guess, uh, according to uh, Zach Klein over at WSB, Raheem Morris is expected to retain Dwayne Ledford as his offensive line coach, Michael Petrie as his running backs coach, and T.J. Yates as his wide receivers coach. Everything else is in a state of flux, aside from the special teams coordinator. Marquise Williams is going to be retained by the Falcons, too. So some continuity, I guess, with this Falcons coaching staff. Let's go back a couple of years they were, ago. They were 21 and 30. I hope they're, I hope they're all going to be a little bit better at their jobs. That's all. You can keep them. I'm not telling you you're not supposed to. Let's just be a tick better at our draft. Raheem Morris talked about the first experience that he had as the interim coach for the Falcons after they fired Dan Quinn and what that interview process was like afterwards. I interviewed with Atlanta last year, and the people in Atlanta, you know how I feel about those people. Arthur Blank, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, I knew this man before I was even coaching for him. Yeah, like opportunity to interim there. Yeah, like, I, 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 I've been to his ranch. I've been to Mountain Sky. I've been to his house. Like, like Arthur Blank gave me a legit interview, like, with these with, with, with him. So I can't complain about what he did for me. Right. You know, like how my experience was in Atlanta. Do I think I should have got that job? Yeah, I want that job. Always. Yeah. yeah, but that's not the point. You chose somebody else. I'm not going to judge you for that. Right. Do what you do. Let that be a lesson to everybody that interviews for a job. And I found out the hard way at times, you don't want to napalm the situation. Leave everything on good terms because you just never know. Uh-oh. You see that bridge? It's totally intact. Not scorched, 
not blow it up, doesn't have any problem at all. It's totally intact. That's what that comment did. Now, again, that's not why you hire a guy. Oh, look, he said swell things about us. I like the fact that he said he believes he got a real interview. It wasn't just a, a come on in. Uh, we know who you are. You know who we are. It sounds like, again, he was satisfied with the process. And Albert Breer doubled back from the Monday morning quarterback at SI.com on why Belichick didn't get the job. He wanted control. Arthur Blank wanted him. And then Arthur Blank was steered in another direction. I think that's the exact word that Albert Breer did use this morning. I'm not. I did this on Friday because I, I will just tell you that there might have been some steering in the building. There was some steering outside the building as well. I'll just leave it at that. You you know, more than one person might have somebody's ear. And in this case, somebody else had Arthur's ear and said, "Mm, I don't think you're really going to be overly satisfied with Bill in your building. And Arthur took it to, I don't know. Look, I give at 81, we said, does he have the stomach for this? At least he wasn't stuck on something and demanding. He didn't get petulant and say, I don't care what any of you say, I'm hiring Bill Belichick. I guess Sean Desai, the one-time Eagles defensive coordinator, did interview with the Falcons for that same position over the weekend. In the meantime, Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, has had seven coordinators in the last 12 months. Seven in a year. Doesn't even seem possible. It doesn't seem possible, but yet that's the stead they find themselves in. Well, the good news is he was so good at that press conference after they announced he was, oh, wait, no, he wasn't. I've never seen a guy more uncomfortable. You're the leader of men. You have people who prepared you for what was going to happen. And he still looked like a guy. You know what he looked like? He looks like the guy that's just sweating. He's sweating on the way in. He's sweating in the middle of it. And he's sweating on the way out. And I guess now there's talk of Kirk Cousins maybe coming here because uh, Zach Robinson coached him with Kevin O'Connell together. Okay, let's not do that. And Kirk Cousins did well under Kevin O'Connell, but the question is, it goes back to the original point. If he did well there and he has a comfort zone with Kevin O'Connell, why would the Vikings just let him get away? I I don't know. Listen, it'll settle soon. We're going to hear Justin Fields. We're going to hear eighth pick. We're going to hear move up to the third pick. We're going to hear Kirk Cousins. Hell, we already heard Russell Wilson. I don't know who's left, but I'm sure something else will come up. Michael Harris at Braves Fest over the weekend said he would like to see the Falcons trade up to get either Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels. So Michael Harris, longtime Atlanta resident, lifelong Atlanta resident and sports fan. In fact, even he, as the brave center fielder, is offering up an opinion, to your point. Yeah, Uh, I believe he was offered a consulting job with the Atlanta Falcons. He'll continue to work his day job, but perhaps they'll, you know, pick up the phone once in a while and call Michael. I know what he thinks. Kyle Shanahan said it's way past due on Friday about Raheem Morris, one of the best coaches I've been with. I got to work with him earlier in my career in Tampa, and you talked to Les Snead, who spoke in glowing terms on the program, you and Chris Cotter, this past Friday. He said the building will have an uptick, and and I believe that. And I threw out the 17 and 31. Now, I had people say, oh, why would you do that? Because it was over 10 years ago. I hope at 47 he's a different guy. I hope at 47 he's taking in what he wants to do and doesn't want to do. Uh, I'm not going to hold that against him because there have been a lot of guys who, given a second chance, were better at it. I don't know what his deal was in Tampa. I have no idea why they won or lost games. I don't care about it then. Well, maybe a little bit because they were in the division. But I don't care about his overall record. In Tampa. Well, staying in the division, I guess one time, did you see this story? According to Tony Pauline from uh, NFL Media, James Campen was the offensive line coach at Carolina, yeah. and apparently he was the eyes and ears. He was the spy for owner David Tepper. If you want to work for that organization, Good luck. more power to you, man. Dave Canales got a six-year deal. Dan Morgan's the GM. Good luck dealing with this guy based on what we have heard from many people on and off the record day in and day out because he's a snake in the grass, apparently. I, I can't. Do you do you ever work again in the NFL once you have that reputation? I mean, to me, I'm not hiring booting, the guy. You're booting away your career at that point. If it gets out and it really has any merit, even if it's believed to have merit, I can't have you in my building. It's over. Can I also tell you, uh, Darius, Tony, you're out too. You're out too. So don't bother showing up for the Super Bowl because he was hurt, and then he told everybody he wasn't hurt. Yes, he, he was inactive for the AFC Championship game. Key, key card isn't working. It's turned off. You're, don't come in the building. Don't need you. Don't want you. You see what we just did? We won on the road. Stay home. You'll get your share. 
We'll send you your last check. We'll box up your stuff. I'm not letting them in the building. It is pretty amazing when you look at what guys are able to do in big moments. And the Chiefs, everybody knows about Patrick Mahomes. Six years as a starter, six AFC championship games, five Super Bowl appearances, 28 years old. But guys like Isaiah Pacheco in the playoffs, 254 yards rushing, Travis Kelsey. Remember when everybody was saying, what's wrong with Travis Kelsey? No one's saying that anymore because he's got 262 yards and he set records we for receptions. He's now got 156 career playoff catches. He surpassed Jerry Rice, a record nobody nobody thought was going to be broken. And then you got Rasheed Rice, 223 receiving yards. Other guys Three guys have stepped it up. I yeah. believe it was Peter King that said after that game overseas, when they had a listless performance, they won. When but against the Dolphins, about, we'll, yeah. We'll find an answer. He said, I'm telling you, we'll figure it out. Well, they figured it out. Enough, anyway. Well, Travis Kelsey looked again like the best tight end. If not ever, certainly the best tight end in the NFL yesterday. I mean, that touchdown pass that he catches. Great play. I mean, Kyle Hamilton's right there. There's there's nothing you can do as a defender. It's a great catch and a great throw. And that's, that's where that chemistry is. Also, earlier on that drive, they go for it on fourth down. And he throws almost across his body to complete that pass to Kelsey to keep that drive alive. That play in the end zone for the touchdown is big guy, older body, still making a play athletically. Where you, I, I don't know if he's going to retire. Does he get down on bended knee when the confetti's falling? Does he wait for the parade if they win it? I have no idea. That play, though, will tell you that big body, older guy, still athletic enough to pick up a touchdown. Well, this guy was calling the game yesterday for Westwood One. He's also got his own podcast, the uh, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Ross Tucker joining us now. We all need to come back on. On the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker. Ross, how you doing? Awesome. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing great. And uh, I know you saw a heck of a game yesterday. We were just talking big picture about Patrick Mahomes, and could he be the greatest 28-year-old quarterback in the history of the game? It's crazy to say, but that's what a lot of people are saying after after he makes another Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think he is. I, I think he is so far. Now, you know, Brady played for an insane long amount of time, and we know all the Super Bowls and all the conference championship appearances and everything, and I think what makes Brady so impressive is that he basically did it in, like, three different stints, if that makes sense. You know, he had the first three, you know, his first four years as a starter. Then they had that spell where even though they had really good teams, they didn't win it. He got to some. But then he won three more with basically, like, a whole different group of guys. You know, like, he was the only guy still doing it. And then he won one in Tampa. So... Mahomes obviously has a long way to go and we'll see if Mahomes can do it with a different group of guys, basically meaning in my mind, pretty much like no Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. You know, those are like the key guys with Kelsey being just gigantic. I mean, it's just, it's all, I mean, the guy just broke a record that Jerry Rice had. Let me just tell you this. I'm 44. Like I was, I was a kid of the eighties if you're even close to any record that Jerry Rice had, let alone break it, that is impressive. Yeah, the other part, too, though, is it's funny. Brady did it with one coach until he goes to Tampa. I don't know if Andy Reid will be around long enough if Mahomes really stays in this ascension. He might have to do it with a different head coach staying in the same building at some point. Really good point. And, um, and it's, it's like, I'll say the same thing about Mahomes I always say with coaches, right? I know you guys are down there in Atlanta, and Belichick was a big conversation. I played in New England, 05 and 06, till Bill traded me to Cleveland, and I don't think he's the best coach of all time. I think he's an excellent coach, but I give a lot, as a guy that played for five teams, I give a lot of credit to coaches that have success, multiple organizations and or multiple quarterbacks like to me i think a very compelling argument for the best nfl coach of all time is joe gibbs the guy won three different super bowls with three different non-hall of fame quarterbacks joe theisman doug williams mark rippon that is crazy impressive to me and by the way he made the playoffs with what like four other quarterbacks Jay Schrader, um, certainly Mark Brunel, and then Todd Collins when I was in Washington in 07. 
So I put a lot of, uh, of stock in that, even like what Parcells has done and what these other guys have done. Belichick, what he's done is incredible in New England, but doing it all at one place and all with one quarterback, I think, uh, diminishes his accomplishments at least a little bit in terms of, you know, everybody's always, oh, he's the greatest of all time, greatest of all time. I, I don't feel that way. All right, we're going to get to the kicker thing in a second. But I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that I think Jim Harbaugh's resume is every bit as good as Belichick's because it's been different places, different levels, turning things around. I don't discount what Bill turned around in New England. They were the Detroit Lions, basically the NFL for a little bit there. But Jim Harbaugh has actually walked into different places and found a way to win. And you talk about different quarterbacks. Obviously, all over God's green earth, he had different quarterbacks. Yeah, and I think he gets the most credit in my mind for what he did with Alex Smith. Because on some level, like at University of San Diego with Josh Johnson, like, I mean, that's impressive, but also, like, of course they won. They had an NFL quarterback for 15 years or whatever Josh played at University of San Diego. Then he got Andrew Luck at Stanford. It's like, okay. But Alex Smith was considered like a bust until Harbaugh got there. And he built him up and got him to play way better than he had before that. So I would agree with you on Harbaugh. I actually think Pete Carroll doesn't get enough credit. You know, I can't remember he had some success in New England, but then you win it a couple times at USC, almost win it again. You go to Seattle, you go to two Super Bowls, you win one with a quarterback in Russell Wilson who's very good, but probably not a Hall of Famer. And then what he did the last couple of years with Geno Smith, making the playoffs with Geno Smith, you know, uh, this year another winning record with Geno Smith. So I, I think Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit too. Ross Tucker with us on the Hobson and Hobson News. Maker Line Westwood One. He called on the radio the AFC Championship game yesterday. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast as well. Give that a listen. What are your thoughts on Raheem Morris getting the Falcons job? Very interesting on multiple levels. Um, you know, I really thought they were going to go with Belichick, but it sounds like they were not on the same page with what his role would be, could be, all of those things. Um, everybody sings the praises of Raheem Morris. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. And I also, I am a believer that more guys should get second chances than they do, especially when their first chance was when they were so young or under sort of unique circumstances. Like I think his quarterback was Josh Freeman, yeah. you know, when he was in Tampa. So um, I'm glad he's getting this opportunity. A couple things though, I think we need to point out like the Rams being over the top with their praise for him and how deserving he is of another opportunity. You know, I, I take, I take more of the um, comments from the players. Those resonate more with me than the Rams front office because you know, the Rams are getting two compensatory picks out of this now, right? So they have sort of a vested interest in Raheem getting a head coaching job somewhere else. So what the players say means more to me than that. And I think two things jump out to me. One, he was in Atlanta. So obviously Arthur Blank and Rich McKay have familiarity with him. And you can connect the dots on a lot of these hires. And then I wonder if maybe bringing in Zach Robinson – as his OC, helped put him over the top. Yeah, I think Zach Robinson was the number one offensive coordinator candidate in the NFL this offseason. I think when you right. walk in and say, "I he's coming with me," that's a huge. That could have been a game changer. So, but getting the quarterback right, and I know, look, we've talked about this. Uh, it's been a subject on this show since the Arthur Smith firing press conference. Um, there's one to one hundred reasons why a guy will be successful or not. Might be more than 100 when you hire a head coach. But getting the quarterback right, whatever the definition of that is for everybody, uh, is the number one thing now. How do you think they get the quarterback right here? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't think that it's going to be a draft pick. I think that would sort of surprise me with where they're drafting. I think they're going to try to get basically the best available veteran. And so I don't know who that is. I don't know if they think that that's Justin Fields. And they think that with the talent they have there in Atlanta and with the growth he's shown and in Zach Robinson's offense, that maybe they could really 
unlock that physical ability. Maybe they can get Kirk Cousins, who has a lot of experience in sort of the the Shanahan McBay offense that Robinson runs. You know, maybe it's Ryan Tannehill, and maybe they feel like Ryan Tannehill can be really productive. I'm sure there will be uh, they'll have their feelers out for a bunch of different guys. So you don't think it, don't, you don't, don't think I don't it's envision like envision them going young again. You don't think it's like Ben early success, Russell early success. I'm not paying him a Holmes before you did the contract early success. You don't think because boy, the greatest thing around here would be get a guy in his his rookie contract and not have to pay him. You don't think that's really feasible right now? I think it's feasible. I think you're probably going to get the fourth maybe or third or fourth at best guy so if you really really like that guy and think that you're going to hit on him like he's the Lamar Jackson of the draft you know maybe that's maybe Daniels fall to them and they think he's the guy sure but that's a that's a big swing right I mean it worked out for the Houston Texans and it was rough for the Carolina Panthers and I'm not writing an obituary for Bryce Young yet but uh, he's got a long, long way to go. Like it would be, uh, it'd be an upset at this point if Bryce Young becomes a top ten quarterback. Ross Tucker, a couple of more minutes. We are spending with him on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Like we said, did call for Westwood One, the AFC Championship game yesterday. He's got the Ross Tucker Football Podcast as well. He is with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. So we look at the Super Bowl matchup, and obviously it was almost the Lions. What are your thoughts on Dan Campbell deciding to not go for the field goal twice and go for it? Well, what we're not talking enough about is him running the ball on third down or them running the ball on third down near the goal line mm-hmm. after the two minute warning. That is unacceptable. That is asinine. You cannot run the ball on third down and then not get it. But you can't even run the ball there. You you cannot take the chance that you have to use one of those timeouts and then you have to onside kick it. Uh, I thought that was by far his biggest coaching error. I think we can have a good conversation about the other two. The things that jump out to me about it are, I'm wondering what information he's using when he's making these decisions because I don't really see him like talking to someone. You know what I mean? Like I... I would like to see the guy say to him, hey, uh, you know, the numbers say we should go here or whatever. It seems like it's just, hey, we're going to be aggressive, man. We're we're pedal to the metal. We're going for it. And I know that's their identity, and I know they've had a lot of success with it. And also, teams are going for it on fourth down more than they ever have, and I think that that's a positive. But I don't think every fourth down decision is created equal. Like, you know, to go up by six points, or whatever is not the same as if you kick a field goal, you go back up three scores. scores. You know, he goes for it. And even if they get a touchdown on that drive, they're up three scores. They're up 21. You get a field goal. You're up three scores. You're up 17. He decided in my mind, my calculation, the going up, going from two to three scores is, is more valuable than being up 21 versus being up 17. Like the drop off between 21 and 17 versus 17 and 14 is not the same. Well, he decided on the way to the stadium, if not even sooner than that. He might have decided on Thursday. Like what you're talking about is, you know, feel for the game, sort of be damned, scoreboard be damned. This is what we do. And I don't know if anybody, if he put headsets on, was going to talk him out of that. Maybe. I mean, I don't, he, he did kick the he did kick the field goal at the end of the first half to go up three scores. Thank God. Thank God. I would have lost my mind if they went for that there. You got to go up three scores. Do you there. think two teams won games yesterday or two teams lost games? Well, I always like to give credit to the winners, but I do think that uh, whether you call it playoff pedigree or whatever, the teams that lost the games were the teams that made the critical errors. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens with the three turnovers, the Lamar horrific interception, the Zay Flowers thing, the dumb penalties by the Ravens, the Lions basically just peeing down their leg, which was, like, literally hard to watch. Like, I, I was hard for me to stomach that as a former player. I would say that they lost them more than the other teams wanted them, to be honest with you. I heard the kicker commentary, and I thought about it when he didn't send his kicker out to go up three scores. 
Um, we only have a couple of seconds. Or, or I've never seen a team tell a kicker to stay home. So w- what? to what degree do you think kickers are supposed to be important? No, I just don't even think I, – I just think they're out of place in the sport of football, so and I you, always have. Right. So you just think the nature of the game – and I heard how you explained it. It was interesting. You just think that this is such an outlier thing that it even shouldn't exist. If you tried to pitch it today, it would never happen. It would be like if the Hawks are going to overtime tonight, instead of going to overtime period, the two head coaches have a chugging contest of a beer to see who wins the game. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What, what, why are we ta- running and tackling and throwing the ball and hitting each other with these guys all game for them like a guy that probably played soccer in high school to run out and kick a ball between two poles. Like if we, if we all sat down and say, Hey, let's make up this awesome sport football. You don't, Oh, this is okay. Gladiator ball. I don't care. If someone at the table was like, Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we have a guy at the end of the game, kick a ball between two poles. We'd all be like, what are you talking about? So my thoughts are, let's have a, let's have a guy. If you want to still have kicking in the game, he's got to play at least 20% of the snaps. He at least is someone that's doing the other things that the other players in the game are doing. Or why don't you just have the quarterbacks throw the ball between the field goal posts? Then arm strength matters even more. And then Josh Allen can make a 58-yard throw ball, throw goal for the Bill. I mean, I just, I have no idea why when they invented the sport, they decided to add this wrinkle that has nothing to do with what the rest of us do the entire game. It's like bizarro world to me. Yeah, based on yesterday, I think Dan Campbell agrees with you. <laughs> All right, Ross, listen, we appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for coming on. Hopefully, uh, right before the Super Bowl, we can do it again if you have more time. Yep, I'd be happy to come on next week. And before I forget, guys, Valentine's Day right around the corner. Myfrontpagestory.com. Have someone write a story about your significant other. It is unbelievable. Best Valentine's Day gift I've ever heard of myfrontpagestory.com. Just being able to give it to her and say, hey, babe, I want to do something special. I had a story written about you. It's so money. It's not even funny. Myfrontpagestory.com. Do it, fellas. Solid suggestion on the way out. Ross Tucker on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. We'll talk soon. See you guys. Thanks, Ross. And interesting perspective, and it's, it's basic math. I mean, it really is if you're Dan Campbell, but you're right, and he's right. He talked to nobody because his mind was made up. He did it all year that way, and that trend was going to continue. And like I said, sooner or later, it was going to bite him, and it bit him yesterday. Coming up, we'll talk about the Hawks being on the wrong end of history. Boy, were they on the wrong end of history this weekend. It's Domino and Cellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. That's right. The clock has started. It's the NBA Minute. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs and believe it. <laughs> you gotta fight for your right to party! Believe it, baby, we're going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go get us another one. Great player, but a dope. The Lord give and the Lord take us away. 1150. Las Vegas. Well, Nino Cellini, the fans, 93.7 on. FM. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I have it here. Uh, Taylor Swift's going to be dropping a new single on Wednesday. He's cute, but really dumb. 
That's the name of the song. I wonder who that but really dumb. will be about. Like I said, everybody's got their things. I don't know. Everybody has their shortcomings. I don't know what he's going to inspire in her. He, he, now look, you know what that is. He's auditioning for the next job, wrestling. I, he might retire. Who knows? He wins another Super Bowl. Maybe he walks away. He says, I would like to spend time in a relationship. All cool. But at some point, he's doing that. The other brother's taking off the shirt. So not only is the podcast wink, wink a hit, but there's somebody who's going to ask them to work. And it's going to be in the field of wrestling. Yeah, it's our ex-platform question of the day. What's your favorite song or movie about gambling with Dan Campbell gambling and losing yesterday? The Hawks won yesterday. Sadiq Bay. uh, Gets the miss off of Trey Young for the rebound and puts it back in on a dunk as the Hawks win over Toronto, one twenty six to one twenty five. Great weekend for the Hawks. No, on uh, Friday, uh, Luka Doncic scored a franchise record for Dallas, seventy three points, fourth most in NBA history, twenty five of thirty three. He was from the field, eight of thirteen from three point range, fifteen of sixteen from the free throw line and there were times where the hawks were literally making no effort defensively they literally let him do whatever he wanted to do the they, hawks, they really after watching that effort they should be ashamed of themselves the hawks defense looks like when the old guys at la fitness have won two in a row and in that third game yeah, in tired. a row they're tired yeah I, uh, hey here you want to play defense you sort of swat your hand at a guy he also set a record i think scoring the most points ever against the team that originally drafted you. Yeah. That's a thing. Now, it's not really a thing. But it is. But he scored the most points against a team that ever originally drafted And the Lakers are here tomorrow. Turn off the GPS and let Domino take the wheel. It's a drive around the sports world. Presented by Marietta Toyota. At Marietta Toyota, every new Toyota includes our nationwide lifetime powertrain warranty. Family owned and operated since 1975. Stop in for a test drive or visit MarietaToyota.com. It's better in Marietta. I have no idea what goes on on the inside of Andy Reid. I do know he's 60 minutes away from being a guy who has more Super Bowls than Don Shula and Tom Landry and others. He'll have three for a guy who couldn't win. But there's this talk, again, that maybe he'll retire. Maybe that'll be enough for him and he's going to walk away. And then if that happens, Bill Belichick gets hired. I'm going to say this now, and I've never meant something this emphatically. Say it. Now? Say what you want to say. I'm going to. Bill Belichick going to the Chiefs. Take Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Multiply it by a thousand. <laughs> you can't do that if you're Bill Belichick. And that you know what you are? You're Barry Switzer. You're George Seifert. It's the last job he can take. Because if you win, wink, wink, it took over the other guy's stuff. If you lose, everybody says, told you, he had a fastball, but it's gone. It's the last job in the world that he needs to take to do anything for his I'd like to fix my legacy. He'll get no credit for winning. What is it they say? Fighting an old old guy. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. If you win, you beat up an old guy. If he beats you. In other words, if Belichick loses there, he screwed it up. He screwed up a great thing. I told you he lost his fastball. It's the last job in the world that he needs to take. Now, do you think Andy Reid wins and walks away? Because to me, I'm going to tell you, this sounds so stupid. I think he would miss doing the commercials. Now, maybe you could still do it. Maybe you have a different angle. I think he's going to ride it out. Old man Andy comes back to to do a State Farm commercial. I don't know. Talk about the Nuggies. I don't know. He certainly would have the right to walk away with three Super He's in a great spot right now. You can ride off to the sunset. You're right, but... I think he's still having fun doing it. Do you know that... I think this made him younger. The least talked about guy in that organization is Steve Spagnola. I'm glad Andy Reid said, let's look at our plays and let's look at our coaches. You know, he knows. Look, he's steering the ship and he is known as a great coach, so he doesn't have to worry about his ego. But Steve Spagnola now, he can go back to back as defensive coordinator, which doesn't happen very often in this league because people don't go back to back. We got Jim Harbaugh. It was really simple. He took a couple of minutes, went on the set, and boy, you couldn't have laid it out any simpler than this. Why the NFL? It was tough. Uh, I was torn. My wife, kids, uh, I love Michigan, but I love the NFL too. And uh, there's no Lombardi Trophy in, in college football, and yeah, I got so many sands left in the hourglass, and I want, I want to take a crack at that. That's it. 
And that's why everybody knew he was going to the NFL. That and you know, the whole NCAA thing. Yeah, yeah, Sign-stealing no, allegations. He's, he's going to be a fugitive who doesn't have to go on the run. Everybody's going to know where he is. He's not going to get a fake name. He's on the lamb, yet he's not on the yeah, lamb. Nobody, and nobody can arrest him. He's got diplomatic immunity at that point. I just figured it out. That's what he's got. Hey, that was not Od- Odell Beckham's father who put out that tweet allegedly about what you're doing to my son, making him play with crap. That's He was talking about Lamar Jackson. That was not his father. So a lot of people seem to have gotten duped by the idea that Odell Beckham Sr., it was not really his Twitter account. No, that was a parody account. Although I will tell you, Lamar Jackson, he said that we weren't, we're angry. There's a lot of helmet throwing these days, it seems, in the NFL. That interception that he threw was horrific. I don't know where he's throwing that ball. You're just, that's a Desmond Ritter throw. And I can't believe I just mentioned Lamar Jackson and Desmond Ritter in the same sentence. By the way. He's just pushing the panic button and throwing it downfield. There was pass interference, no doubt about it. But I wouldn't have called it either. Because the guy that was interfered didn't have a shot at the football nope. because the guy in front of him intercepted it. It was beyond irresponsible, that throw. You know they say, well, we don't call it because it wasn't catchable. It was catchable. But a guy in front of him, actually in front of the interference, made the interception. Uh, I hope you can hear this. This is George Kittle a couple of years ago, before his long hair, George Kittle. Standing on the sidelines when they're not, as a member of the 49ers, going to be going to the Super Bowl. I will be back here. I will be back here. I will be back with another. And he's right. He's trying to put something out into the universe. I've never heard it. I don't know who was mic'd up. I don't know who picked that up. He's standing by himself. He's not talking to another player. He's just telling the world. Who's that character? You see him pancake Aiden Hutchinson at one point? It's a man that's not messing around. Well, I saw Bosa, again, throw around a human being a couple of times. But he decides to. Like I said, he can do that. But George Kittle put something out in the universe because he just thought he was supposed to be out in the universe. Um, I'm going to do a couple. Oh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. We had talked about him last week. Did you see what he was doing? He was waving goodbye when they were up 21-7 Detroit to the San Francisco crowd. They weren't taking anything seriously. As they Albert Breer wrote about that as well. After the first drop on that fourth down, they were laughing. Coming off the field, they were laughing because you thought you had the game won. You didn't. Speaking of drops, Kansas City didn't drop a pass all day. They hadn't had a game. They led the league in drops. They didn't. What was going on in the other games? Drop to the left of me. Drop to the right of me. Again, I'm not. It's Lamar Jackson's team. But, boy, a couple of guys screwed him over. And Brock Purdy now, Alex Smith said it best. Let's stop with the game manager thing. If it's going to be two weeks of him being, you can talk about him versus Mahomes. Look at this. Mahomes is this. This guy's trying to get some of his. But the game manager thing is over, right? Uh, yes. And he's not a part of that club, as Alex Smith said. I'm a part of that club. Right. I'm not letting Brock Purdy in that club of game managers. When we come back, he's the newest member of the Braves rotation. Chris Sale talked to Chris Domino at Braves Fest this weekend. You'll hear that conversation next here on Domino and Cellini, here on your home of the Braves. It's the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. 